0: Hey guys, welcome back to Builder Funnel Radio. This is episode 143. And in this episode, I bring on Drew of Southern Green Builders. He's a client of ours. And dive into kind of their backstory, how they got started, and what they're doing now. They're doing some cool stuff with technology and uh, some innovative things. And then we also cover some personal branding, kind of core values type stuff on how they're actually taking some of those kind of intangible things and turning them into tactical things that you can do that your clients actually like, feel and experience and how that really works to benefit your brand. So I hope you guys enjoy this conversation. Drew is a great guy. He's got some good thoughts. And I think you'll like his last piece of advice as well at the end of the show. All right, guys, stay tuned for this conversation. Hey, Drew, glad to have you with me today.
1: Hey, Spencer, thanks for having me on. I, I appreciate the invite and excited to talk to you.
0: Yeah, likewise. And, and before we kind of get into the meat of things, I think it's always helpful maybe just share with our listeners a little bit about your business and, and maybe even, you know, go back, throw us back to how you started everything.
1: Yeah, so we're, we are a custom home builder remodeler in Houston, Texas. And we got started back in as Southern Green Builders back in 2009. My time to start. <laughs> yeah, it was a perfect time to start a home building business. But um, in our Houston's economy at the time, we had just come off of or in the middle of fixing a lot of hurricane-damaged homes from Hurricane Ike. So there was a lot of opportunity there, and we took a leap, took a risk and decided doing small jobs fixing fences fixing repair drywall patches just odds and ends from that storm damage and um, from there we we did some kitchen and bath through through the network of people we met and had an opportunity in the historic houston heights area to do a small renovation addition for uh, for our investor client and uh, there's a little 200 square foot add-on and a, and a facelift to it, and they sold it and did well. We did uh, two more with them, and then we did four more with them, and then we began investing and did you know five or six from there, and really moved into more of our custom building through clients in that network. And you know, a decade or so later, here we are. What we're trying to do as a company is we are. We're actually trying to change the perception of home building, where we're moving away from that uh, historical architect draw, builder bid against three other builders and and the low price or the the most deemed qualified wins. And we're trying to, to shift that paradigm to be, let's join the construction and design team up front, where the architect, the builder engineer, interior designer, the, the whole design team is assembled up front. And everybody has a role and responsibility, and we're all working on for the, for the owner's behalf. And we've had a lot of recent success here in the last year in that model, and really our clients are winning. And that's the most important thing. They're, they're sharing a, a very enjoyable building experience they are uh, realizing less change orders. Uh, we, we are having better production time. And that's, that's our goal as a company and the focus as a company today is really to change that, uh, shift that paradigm from what construction is slash was to a better way of building.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And I'm kind of curious to get your perspective on that too. Do you find that that perception is mostly within the end consumer, you know, the home owner, the person that wants to build their home, or is it also with like the architects? Like they they like that model of like we're just going to draw and then bid it out to the the builders. Is it in both camps or or mostly just one of them? You know, I think it's a little mixed, and and I think
1: it's mixed just because that's what's been advertised so much historically is is you need to get three bids or institutional commercial investors we got to get three bids or lending. Uh, authorities say you need to have three bids or whatever it may be. I don't know where the rule of three came up, but it seems to just be there. And, yeah, and just really a good sounding
0: number, right? Like three yeah, is a
1: good, yeah. <laughs> great odd number there to use. But but I can see where it comes from. It's all that the effort and everything is is all out of the right mindset and intent to be fair. But really, every client we come across has a specific budget. And they have a specific footage that they're trying to get or they have a specific product. And it's really easy to get caught up in the wonderful world of design. With And if you're in that world too long without a check-in on cost and scope, that's a dangerous place to live because you may fall in love with something before you actually know what what it may end up costing. And uh, you're outside of your original budget parameters.
0: Yeah, yeah, We're it's like, so much easier to start with the budget and just say, okay, like yeah. here's what we can do. Cards on the table.
1: Yeah. So we we like that. that. I mean, the architects we work with are great, and I haven't met an architect they wouldn't be in that profession if they weren't good at what they do. And and they're very talented at spatial uh, design, layouts, flow. You know, all of these things of how a space feels. And sometimes they, they are. Uh, they may experience some challenges with pricing because they're not doing that every day. They're drawing and working through space plans every day. But we're we're pricing and looking at the products and seeing what's there and installing them every day. So we bring that value to the table that hey, the, the product A costs this dollar amount, product B is this much, and it's your choice. We can use either one, they're great products. But to meet your budget, we would suggest product A. And and that's where we help come and, and where the cost component of the design team. And help with those those specifications to meet the total goal of the, the client who's going to be living in the home.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and I know in addition to like trying to change this perception, you know, I know you're super interested in just like technology and you know moving yeah. things forward. Like, is there any tech on your radar, new products, or you know like healthy living or anything on your mind that you're really into or passionate about right now?
1: No, oh, you bet I am, and I think. One of the things that that really excites me and it's somewhat newer and in, into a home is the indoor air quality. That's something I'm looking at very, very closely for for not for my family, for our clients' families. and And out of the world where we're we're living in here today, and and really in Houston, Texas as well. We don't always have the cleanest air, but there's a lot of allergens. This is springtime here in Texas, so the pollen is high. There's a little green haze of pollen on all the vehicles, so allergies are, are very high right now. And just to be where you're inside your house, your home breathes very well, filters what needs to be filtered, and uh, really make sure your family has clean, fresh air to breathe is important. It helps in so many so many health benefits from it that, that I think are underlying causes of a lot of different. Issues. So indoor air quality is, is a big thing for me. We, we've worked with great companies like Panasonic and Brone and others to, to help put some of their systems in place. And I think the benefits are, are we're just now beginning to see the, the big benefits that that will have for people.
0: Yeah, is it, that's interesting. Is that something that people are asking about? Or is it something that you're kind of presenting and then they're like, oh, yeah, I want to make sure we think about that as we build or we remodel?
1: We are presenting it more. There there are a few people who ask about it, and particularly the ones who do have either themselves or a family member that has some sort of medical condition or asthma or severe allergies, and that's where it's come up. However, the more research that I've dug into it is that uh, some people who may not get good quality sleep, and they don't know why, could be simply because of their indoor air quality. Interesting. Uh, so some of the devices they monitor, they monitor carbon monoxide, carbon dioxide, the particulate matter, which is the really, really fine dust in the air, and VOC materials. So they help monitor those along with temperature and humidity and, and really get a good measure of the air quality in a home at the whole, at every, every minute of the day. And they turn on systems and control it to help ventilate and, and bring in fresh air and clean the air along with just, you know, along with controlling the, the temperature and humidity with your traditional air conditioning system.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's, that's cool. It's amazing how far, you know, we've come, you know, when you look back and you kind of, <laughs> you could probably see all that from your phone too. Yeah, is it, is it the sort of thing where people can like adjust it or it's like once it's installed, it's supposed to regulate around a certain setting and it's kind of all happening automatically? Yeah.
1: There's, there's some new, there are some systems here and really their monitoring systems are new to the market. When I say new, they're within the last, you know, 12 months these products have been out and they're still, they're still kind of in um, beta mode, but yeah, you will be able to adjust it uh, to your specific needs
0: from my understanding. Yeah, that's cool. Anything else on the uh, technology front that you're? We're,
1: we're always searching for for new tech, always searching for cool <laughs> things. Yeah, so I mean, that's the one that that's right there at the the front of my mind is the indoor quality. But uh, just kind of always scrolling for it, scrolling for for new ideas, new solutions. Along with that, another big one that we're looking into right now is a whole house water uh, monitoring. So it's it, there's a couple of brands out there. Moen makes flow and Streamlabs makes one, but it's uh it's a remote control or a Wi-Fi main shutoff valve, and it's a leak, it's detecting if your home has a leak. And if it does, it's gonna automatically shut off water to your house or send you a message that you can override it or shut off water to your house. And that's another one that I've gotten a lot of research into in the last month, particularly. We had the, about a month ago we had all the bad freeze here in Texas. So with the burst in pipes and uh, seeing several people's houses flood from that, that product would be something that would really help help out uh, as a big solution to that problem. And I think there's some benefits too from, from insurance, premium reductions if you have that product in there as well. So I think there's some you know cost benefits and obviously just some common sense benefits. I know I would like to be able to know if I have a leaky pipe and be able to have peace of mind by shutting it off remotely. So,
0: yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I like that. Well, it feels like, you know, innovation and technology is kind of part of your brand, whether it's your personal brand or your company brand. I guess let's dive into that a little bit. How do you, how do you think about, you know, your company brand but also just for yourself. Do you like the way you present to clients or what you're putting out online? How do you think about that?
1: Primarily it's one and the same. So when when somebody is is hiring Southern Green Builders, they're hiring myself. They're hiring my business partners. They're hiring our team. So first and foremost, they gotta like us. They gotta trust us and they got they have to have that that uh, level of comfort that we're going to deliver on everything we say we're going to deliver on. I think that flows through me personally and just as our company as a whole. I think that that honesty and that, that candidness is something that we value, something our team values. And uh, we try to be transparent with everything we do to help uh, validate that uh, what we're saying is what it is. It's not it's not a, a line or a canned spiel. It's, it's uh, valid and, and true and, and really trying to meet the goals of the project for them. So I think th- that, that's one thing that, that I think are aligned. Just a lot of the way I think. I love efficiency. I love things being effective. How, we, how can we streamline it? How can we make it better? How can we make it faster? How can we make it more productive that's something that I I believe in. And I think that translates down to what we do as a company as well. And I see a lot of what who I am is the same as what Southern Green Builders is.
0: That happens organically in some ways. And then you you also can be really thoughtful and intentional about it. But I think in mm-hmm. businesses like yours, you know, you see like the owner or partners or whoever's involved in the kind of how they are core values those kind of trickle into the company or you know vice versa it'd be a little bit out of whack if they were vastly different you know (laughs) hey guys i know that if you listen to builder funnel radio you are hyper aware of the fact that the way people shop and buy it's changed dramatically over the years and for the last 10 years really since I started doing all this, helping my uncle's remodeling division scale up from about 2 million to 10 million, we've been helping remodelers and builders and contractors all over the country really refine their marketing systems and I recently decided to kind of bottle all of that up into my first book. And that book is called The Remodeler Marketing Blueprint. And you can pick up a copy by going to the website remodelermarketingblueprint.com. You can also search for it on Amazon or wherever books are sold online, but I highly recommend you go over to the website because we've got some cool book bonuses that go along with that if you pick up a few extra copies for your friends and colleagues or your teammates. so. It would mean a lot to me if you've been listening to this podcast for a while or even just a few episodes if you've ever gotten any value out of it head over to remodelermarketingblueprint.com and snag your copy today. All right, let's get back to the show. What are some of the ways you think about trying to communicate that or give off like those qualities to your whether it's prospects or even when somebody signs and their customers like how do you, how do you Bake some of those things in. Sure,
1: I think the best way I can describe that, and that's that's outward to to potential clients, and it's inward to our team members who execute a project. And it's it's one word, and it's clarity. How can we be crystal clear of exactly what we are delivering to a client? And then in turn, how can we be crystal clear? to our superintendents who in turn can, uh, you know, be crystal clear to our vendor partner network and uh, we get that product installed. For example, you know, many sets of drawings will just say siding and they'll point to that siding. And instead of saying, hey, here's a line item and the price is whatever it is for siding, we're going to actually call that out. You know, we've spec we, we uh, this brand, this size, at this lap coverage and we're going to use this on the corners on the outside and this is the fascia and this is and all these different components and we're going to list all those details out so now when you see this price it includes all of the areas we see on plans and this is those products very specific this is those products so then if you're on site it's not hey i thought i was supposed to have smooth siding and you have textured siding no no it's it's Right here. It's very clear up front. So that way we can correct that in pre-construction activities before we get on a job site. And there's not a surprise when it's already been ordered, it's already halfway on the house. We know that well up front before we start a project. And that clarity that we outline on paper and, and communicate in meetings really, really helps the effectiveness and efficiency of what we do.
0: Yeah, I I really like that example because I feel like that's something that that you can feel, but that's like a tangible way to accomplish it, you know. So if if a prospect is like or a customer is going through and they're going gosh, like look at this level of detail. These guys must be really professional, but even to your team, like you said, or if you pull in, you know, contractors and they're on site and it's like mm-hmm. everything spelled out like that signals, hey, this is a company we want to do more business with, you know. So yeah, I think that's a, a great example. Yeah, the clarity. It, it, it's yeah, tough the to do. Clarity, <laughs> it,
1: it's it's very easily said and very hard to execute. But it really makes those pre-construction meetings effective. And if we go through paper, and and we're human too. We make mistakes, and it may be, hey, I wanted I use that siding example. We wanted a, a four inch siding at this location, you know, not a not a six inch siding. It's no problem. Let's adjust this, and we'll regenerate everything, and and make sure we're in a line, and we come back and and go over those details. But not only siding, but you know the hundreds of other line items that are in a proposal and in a that and products that go into a house uh, we go through all of those as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's super cool. Well, what's the what's the state of the market, you know, where you're at uh, right now? Like what's the last 12 18 months looked like and what are your what are your outlook, you know, outlook look like for the rest of the year?
1: <laughs> well, you know, we we've, we've had a lot of good sales activity this year and I think that that'll continue a little bit. I don't have a crystal
0: ball by any means, but... I've got that actually in my back office if you want it. You know, it's, right. it comes in handy.
1: <laughs> yes, I would love love to get that crystal ball. Yeah, uh, sorry, uh, go ahead. <laughs> no, it's all right. But but uh, I think the biggest thing that we've been challenged with, and I think that will continue through the rest of this year and even into next, is managing our supply chain. It doesn't matter how much we can sell. It doesn't matter how much we can... You know, book, it, it's, it's a matter of can we get the products? Can we, can we manage the expectation? Can we hold our estimates true? Can we really provide the, the service and the value that our clients hire us to do? And being uh, focused on that daily and vigilant to, to make sure that we make that happen for them. I mean, everybody knows, uh, I'm going to call out lumber because everybody's familiar with how expensive lumber's gotten. And um, I joked with somebody the other day, they said, you know, there was their anniversary. And I said, well, where are you going to take them? She said, Oh, my wife wanted to go somewhere nice. And I said, nice or expensive. They said, well, expensive usually means nice. And I go, well, if it's expensive, just take her to the plywood aisle at home Depot. I and mean, that <laughs> That's about how expensive that stuff has gotten, but Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> um, managing those costs and managing the expectation. I think, you know, those challenges we have, are going to be what really help our year continue. So that's the outlook I see. I think things hopefully, hopefully they will right themselves a little bit here within the next quarter. Uh, the futures and that and and uh, predictions we've been a part of and the meetings we've been in kind of lend to see maybe a little bit of reprieve or flattening of the curve in terms of price escalations and long lead times. But um, I hope that holds true. And in the meantime, we're coming up with Plan B on how to mitigate that in case it doesn't.
0: Yeah, yeah. Sorry, you. Yeah, I'm curious. Since clarity, you know, we kind of talked about that as kind of one of those core values or things you try to communicate across. Mm-hmm. How how do you have those discussions with people? You know, and and are are you, you know, putting that into your contracts? Say, hey, if this jumps and you know doubles in mm-hmm. 30 days, like that, that's on you. Or you know, how how do you yeah. set that expectation?
1: No, we we have we do, and it's it is a can be a tough conversation to have but it's much easier when you've set the expectation up front so we we have a price escalation clause in our contracts particularly more for like the lumber scenario it says this is what we're contracted in at if this goes up past this percentage you know you, you owe us the difference we don't you know that crystal ball you keep in the back closet we don't have that <laughs> but So, so whenever that is, we have to have a up of some sorts and it's openly discussed. And we're even looking at some instances, we're we're looking to just get better at that instead of just saying, Hey, there's going to be this escalation. We're trying to work together to collaborate and form a budget together as a team saying, what do you think that is appropriate? Do you think 10,000 is an appropriate contingency bucket to use for that? So if it does escalate, we have this already set aside, or do you feel like it should be fifteen thousand, or what? What's the number? And we work together as a team. So uh, the intent there is obviously, if and when that does happen, we've worked together of it to set the budget, and versus being an arbitrary number that we made up, or no number at all, or no discussion at all, and it's just, hey, here it is. We remember this clause? Well, now you owe us, and that's that's not going to be a fun conversation either. But
0: yeah. Yeah, you really have to hit it up front, you know, otherwise, yeah, you just get into some nasty, uncomfortable conversations down the road. Well, hey, Drew, I know, you know, we've been working together, you know, on the the marketing side for you guys for for a little while now. I'm curious, Mm -hmm. just because so much has changed, I think, since we first started working together and with all last year and everything, you know, most people come to us because they're like, hey, we want to generate more leads for ourselves and control our own pipeline Mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. Is that still the primary goal or do, you, or is this like shifted? And I guess part of where I'm going with this question is we have a lot of people right now that are like pipeline looks good. Things are strong. So a lot of things are around like streamlining, you know, lead qualification or charging more and like kind of those things that you maybe want to maximize in a hot market or, or has nothing really changed? Is it kind of that same like North Star goal of, of controlling your own pipeline?
1: I think it uh, is still for us. It's still controlling our own pipeline. Definitely always want to hone in on delivering more of that ideal client that we would like to serve and help be the leads that we get. But uh, I think you you never never shut that off. You got always have to keep generating that, generating that that initial lead.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's interesting because I think a lot of this industry, is just always thrived on word of mouth and referral. Yeah. And you know, we've seen just a big shift in the way people research and and find custom builders or remodelers now. And and yeah, taking back that control, it seems like is just getting more and more important. Yeah. And if you if you don't control that website, it just yeah, I don't know, you fall further and further behind.
1: <laughs> so. Absolutely. No, I, and the work you've done for us has been been great. You know, I think the one thing that I'll, I'll share with people, too, is it's really, really hard to get immediate results, if not impossible, in lead generation in our industry for, for what you're looking for. And, and I think I've done a lot of, of just windshield time thoughts of why that is. And my humble assessment is that uh, we don't deliver a widget. We, we deliver a pretty complex product. And in that takes a little bit of time to develop that product, which in turn is proportional to the amount of time it takes to generate the right lead. So so you can't just throw a massive amount of advertising and, and say, we're going to increase production by 20% this next quarter and sell 25% more of this. And, and it just uh, is a little more complex than that. So I, I appreciate that and appreciate a, you talking us off the ledge a few times of well, let's 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 get this going. Let's get this going. And and uh, now seeing it produce the results we're we're looking to produce, and, and appreciate that that help and that guidance through the down the patient trail of seeing the results work and being consistent with it. So uh, sincere thank you, Spencer, for that.
0: Oh no, I appreciate you saying that cuz it's it's funny. We're we're in the business obviously of marketing, you know, for you guys and, you know, companies like you and, you know, what what a business model. Hey, come work with us, but you're not really going to see results for probably a year, or maybe more and you know, <laughs> and you know, getting but but when you hang in and you like you build that system and then suddenly it starts compounding on itself. I mean, I reference a custom builder up in in the Pocono's area we've been working with for 8 years. guys booked for almost two years out now, you know, but it's, you know, you're just building this pipeline, building, building, building. And and I think you hit the nail on the head as to why, like, it's not Amazon. People aren't doing their research in 10 Mm -hmm. minutes and then making a purchase, but people research for months and months anyway. So we're, you're just catching them earlier in that process than you used to. And then that opportunity starts there, but it maybe doesn't actually, you don't feel it for another six to nine months after they've been reading your blog and seeing your emails for that long. And then they hit your sales pipeline, which is what we all think of as like, oh, now I have an opportunity. But if you think about that six to nine month research mode, where they're sitting on their iPad in bed, just browsing and researching... That's where we're living. and then, and so you got to be patient. so I, I appreciate you kind of talking about that that patience piece because it because it stings a little bit. You're just investing, 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 you're like, where is this? You know and that was that was how it was for us too, when we first kicked this all off. It was like, man, you just keep going and going and you you read all the data about that it should work. But so anyway, I got one last kind of segment of the show. but before I get to that, any like final words of wisdom or things you want to leave people with that we haven't covered today?
1: No, I, I I don't know any words of wisdom really, but there is kind of a mantra that we have here in, here in our office, and something that helped us get through the last year of so much mass distraction. And our world is a lot of mass distraction, and that we try to we simply put it: starve the distraction and feed the focus, and get focused on what you can control. Do what you can tune out the things that you can't we had in, in a meeting this morning every you know some people were talking about a little frustrated on on national policy and and you know pick the subject uh, somebody's always going to be frustrated with national policy or state sure. policy or something but <laughs> like it doesn't matter who's in office or or what's going on but the reality is what can you can control quite literally where i sit today and where you sit you can control how you vote you can control maybe a letter or a phone call to a representative or that, but outside of that, there really isn't much you can control, and uh, therefore let it go, let them do their job, and you focus on what your your job is. And we we relate that to to our team. You know, as a, as a builder, you're in you're in control of, and our team we're in control of delivering a project on time, under budget, and have a highly referable client. That's what we're after. And if it's outside of those three things, well, the focus needs to go back to those three things. And simply put, just just being steadfast and relentless to that focus and starving out all the distractions that uh, our world presents.
0: Yeah, yeah, I like that. Control what you can control. You know, that's all you can do. So, all right, Drew, we got a final section here of the show. We call it our fast five. So I'll hit you with five rapid fire questions and okay. say whatever comes to mind. So first question, what is your favorite business book and why? Business book. Man, caught me off guard there. We try to with these, you know, the final section, you know, no more yeah. softballs. <laughs> yeah, no more
1: softballs. There's, there's a book that that I give out to everyone we hire. It's called The Go-Getter. And it's about a hundred year old book, but it, it talks about a lumber salesman uh, on, the, on the west coast and going through this journey and finding what the owner wants and and it just basically talks about perseverance and never quitting and never settling for no and always working towards the goal but the go-getter is a simple i like the philosophy that it presents
0: that's cool yeah i've never heard of that one i'll have to add it to my list all right next question who is the most inspirational person in your life
1: wow there's a, there's a handful of a lot of people for a lot of different reasons. There's obviously several different family members and, and my parents and my wife and grandparents and such. And for each each one for a different reason, they've all taught me a different lesson, whether it's patience or perseverance or loyalty or honesty. And, and all of those things, I think, have melded together to where it's not one key person, but a group of people that I grew up around that had the same value set and really helped meld those values uh, onto me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's cool. All right. If you could have one superpower, what would that be? Oh, we talk
1: about that at dinner with my kids. Yeah. Oh, I perfect. Yeah. I'd fly. I'd like fly. to fly. <laughs> uh, I, I, the, the roadways here in, in Houston and sitting in traffic enough times, I'd love to just hop up and fly and I'd be there in a second.
0: Yeah. I feel, I feel like Elon's got to be working on that. So maybe we're yeah, close. Sure you, sure. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, describe yourself in three words. Efficient, direct, faithful. Right on. All right. Final question. You may have already answered this cause I kind of, you know, threw off the order a little bit, but any final piece of advice that you leave uh, our listeners with besides starving the, the distractions? <laughs> Well, that one—that's a big one that just feeds feeds into so
1: many things. But no, I think I think the best thing is uh, is just um, really I, it goes back to that same one. Focus what you can control. There, there's so much here that that you can get roped into a lot of negative talk and negative media and get into some some different isolated thought bubbles and really just expand. Look what's out there. Find a way to to get the news, but in a distilled manner and do what you can do and do it to the best of your ability.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's great advice. And uh Drew, thanks so much for joining me today.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Spencer. It's been a pleasure.
0: Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed that one with Drew and man, let's talk, talk takeaways. I think for me, man, control what you can control. I really, I really like that. I'm a big believer in that as well. And there's just, There's a lot of noise right now. And so I think his thoughts around starving distractions and staying focused are just timely, especially given the last 12 months. But I think they're super relevant all the time. There's always noise. There's always news. There's always something going on. So really, really like that. And then I would say too, just a a couple of things pulled out from the conversation. You know, one was around the the personal branding and kind of company branding side. But if you haven't done a deep dive into that, we've done some kind of more in-depth shows in the past. But I really liked his example of how they take something that is kind of inherent to his personal brand and the company brand. And he talked about that clarity. And then how do you actually like, what does that look like? And what does that feel like? in action and you know like outlining every last detail and making sure like everybody's in the know and just setting expectations up front. Hey, if this happens, this is how we handle it. This could happen. This is what we'll do. I really thought those were great tangible things. Cause sometimes when you talk about something like clarity or a core value, it's tough to turn it into, okay, well, how do I actually make it so that my client experiences that? So If you have some core values or you're working on those right now, I thought that was a good example of how to take one and then connect the dots to things that you're probably already doing. But I think that's really important as you think about like, how do we demonstrate this core value? And then that flows into your brand and how people experience you both online as they're doing research, but then as they experience the delivery of, of what you're producing for them. So really, really good insight and good thoughts. And I hope you guys enjoyed this one. And as always, we'll see you next time here on Builder Funnel Radio.